Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Wednesday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. We are at NFL Draft Eve, and yes, I'm excited, but I'm happily excited for the most part, unless the Eagles make a pick that I don't like tomorrow, as Steve casually mentioned throughout the day today. And we'll certainly get into all that. Mike Golick, senior, joins us at 435 today. He's actually going to be announcing... The one of the day two picks for the Eagles, either the second round pick or the third round pick, not sure yet. So he's going to join us at 4:35 today to give us his take on the draft. So we certainly look forward to that. This is the second time we've had him on the show, so excited to have him on at 4:35 today. Tomorrow we're going to count it down, get you ready for round one. Mel Reese at 3:35 to give the Eagles side of things. Jerry Dulac. From the Steelers Radio Network at 4.35 tomorrow to give the Steelers side of things as we head into round one. Then Bill Hillgrove will join us Monday at 4.35 to break things down, at least from the Steelers' perspective. So lots of good guests coming up. We also have Dick Girardi, too, coming up by the end of the week to break down the Kentucky Derby, which quietly is Saturday as well following the draft. So I'm looking forward to Saturday. That is going to be a tremendous sports day with seven hours of day three of the draft, and then you go right into the Kentucky Derby. That's that's a pretty good day. And we start with some NFL news. This just broke about an hour or so ago. The Panthers trading Teddy Bridgewater to the Broncos in exchange for a sixth-round draft pick, which is no surprise given that the Panthers have already traded for Sam Darnold. And the Panthers are going to pay $7 million to Bridgewater, and the Broncos will pay him $3 mil. That's according to Adam Schefter. But if you think this is going to take the Broncos out of the quarterback mix at 9, think again, according to Schefter. Apparently, Broncos GM George Patton saying this is just going to be for competition. You already got Drew Locke in there, too, and I don't really quite get the what the Broncos are trying to do here. I mean, obviously, they don't like Drew Locke. He's been there for, what, two years, I think? So, 
I guess there's that in the process. But I don't know. I, I think you just got to give Teddy Bridgewater a shot here and try to build around him now. But they apparently may not do that. And maybe still going after a quarterback. So the, this, the dominoes just kind of keep on falling here. I, mean, I really thought Justin Fields was just going to be the main wild card to see where he would go. But now that the Broncos are still involved here, still it's still going to be wild in the top ten. I thought maybe this would have taken him out. But nope, doesn't look like it. So that is very, very interesting. And interesting enough, too, that Drew Locke actually had his best game of the season in 2020 last year against the Panthers. So, there you go there. Also, Saquon Barkley on track to start the season this year for the Giants, coming off the ACL injury from last year. And the other big wild card, and just kind of talking about Justin Fields, is the Falcons at four, and looks like they are still keeping their options open. I was, of course, if you heard on the Dan Patrick show earlier today, several different things came about. But the first one being is that the Patriots might be talking with the Falcons to get Justin Fields at number four. That would not surprise me. But I also would not be surprised if the Patriots get a receiver, whether they stay at 15 or whether they go up to get somebody because of how aggressive they've been, uncharacteristically been that aggressive this offseason. So we have that to monitor as well. And as I mentioned for the Eagles yesterday, again, cornerback, wide receiver, I think that's where I'm getting more and more confident that's where I think they'll go. But still, the Eagles have something different up their sleeve like they like to do the last couple of seasons. That's still... In the back of my mind. And I, I remain with a six as far as confidence level. I'm going to stay that way. I intend to make that fully clear to Steve when he joins the show. But there's one pick, though, that I'm a little bit wary of that the Eagles might try to make as a I'm smarter than you type of move. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But also today, now, to a point, I don't know why this was such a big story because... We, we talked about it here on the show with when Heather Dinich made this report was that the college football playoff was looking to expand to as many as 16 teams. Well, on Dan Patrick today, they seem to just kind of start talking about that now. And I guess from his sources, it seems to be around maybe they'll do 10 or 12, looking like it might be 12, where you would have some home playoff games as part of this and that would phase out some of the bowl other bowl games that was according to a couple athletic reports and one of the reporters was on with Dan earlier today on WKOK and that idea I would like a lot I think can you just imagine Beaver Stadium other stadiums like that to have a home playoff game I mean that would be insane I would love 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 to see that and you get rid of some of the other, some of these other stupid bowl games you still keep some bowl games anyway because you have to fill for quarterfinal, semifinal, however many teams you have in there. I really like that idea a lot to have some playoff games on campuses. That would be just tremendous, but we'll see where things go there. 
Well, we'll take a break for now. Steve will join us again from the Sunbury Motor Studio after this as we continue on the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Uh, we have a lot coming up on the show. Uh, from Pro Football Focus, uh, uh, Thomas Frank Carr is going to join us to break down the NFL draft starting in the next half hour. Mike Golick, senior, final half hour today. Tomorrow, we've got a lot going on. Um, we've got Merrill Reese and Jerry Dulac tomorrow. And then coming up on Friday, uh, Dick Girardi on the Kentucky Derby. Uh, if you're wondering why over the years uh, the suit has lost his shirt on the ponies, it's because he doesn't listen to that segment or has already placed bets and then listened to the segment and went, I should have waited. S-U-I-T, that spells suit No, that's under F-O-U-L-E-D, Fowlda. <laughs> F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells Fowlda. That's the suit. You're wondering why maybe it's not, the suit's not looking so much Armani these days. That would be the reason. All right, that's a different story, different day. All right. So we're going to break down the draft. Teddy Bridgewater has been dealt by the Carolina Panthers to the Broncos in exchange for a sixth-round pick. Bridgewater is a good, functional NFL quarterback. He is not a great NFL quarterback. Last year, he had eight opportunities to either put the Panthers in front in the fourth quarter or tie, and he was 0 for 8 in those drives. In fact, he only completed one touchdown pass in the fourth quarter of a game last year. What does Denver acquiring Teddy Bridgewater potentially mean? It could mean two things. Number one, he fills the bridge until they draft somebody else, or maybe they're trying to draft maybe Trey Lance in the number nine hole, and Bridgewater is the stopgap and the transition guy between now and when Lance can take over. Or the Eagles are going to climb up to nine. They're going to make a trade. And they're going to pick a quarterback, much to the chagrin of Captain Anger Management. No good! No good! No good! You would be furious. (laughs) That would be the clean version of me saying that. You would be just, I mean, you would be throwing all the Nerf stuff that we put in the studio, and it's all Nerf now. (laughs) I mean, even the lamp is Nerf. Uh, yes. Yeah. One thing, it would be one thing it'd be a quarterback, but two, it'd be Trey Lance. That would just, yeah. You, you just, you get angry. The first step is to admit it. Oh, I have. It's just, I've, it's like one step forward, two steps back. <laughs> I mean, it's. It's like the Yankees signing Giancarlo Stanton. You weren't big on it. I mean, right now, 
the Eagles drafting a quarterback is the the is when the Yankees tell you that Gary Sanchez is going to catch all 162 games. Well, I might as well bring this up now, Steve. I had mentioned before you before you hopped on that there is one prospect pick that scares me. That that just smells we're smarter than you type of move. It's and, Trey Lance. Well, actually, well that that could be one, but the one I was thinking was Quiddy Pay from Michigan. I'm starting to hear lots of different rumors now that the Eagles love him and they're calling him like Brandon Graham 2.0. Apparently the Giants like him too. They but should because I, I like Quiddy Pay. I do too, I, but... I, 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 like, just... I like Quiddy Pay. I think when he was out there for Michigan, he made them a better team. Uh, and I think that uh, Quiddy Pay is a player I, I like. Uh, to be honest with you. Now, do I like him in the first 10 picks of the draft? No. That's exactly where I am, too. No. But you're don't not. Do you're that. drafting. But you're drafting 12. You're drafting 12. And you chose to draft 12. These are your people. <laughs> I just. I At least I suspect there's going to be better talent on the board at 12 if they even stay there. But I guess we'll have to see. Quinn Pay. Quiddy Pay is it would be a good pick. Okay, I, I I like him. I think he's a really good player. Now, do I you know? Do I would I rather have Quiddy Pay or Micah Parsons? I'd rather have Micah Parsons. Right, exactly but, my point. But Quiddy Pay, see, this is what the Eagles. This is what they'll do. This is how they'll outsmart everybody. They'll they'll select Kellen Mond from Texas A and M. Oh no! <laughs> this just screams your team. This just screams. You know, that's not let's, bad. Let's start Gary Sanchez, <laughs> who is now finally getting demoted, sort of. You're the only person I know, well, no, the second person I know, that rejoices in somebody else's pain. <laughs> the suit has always been a trendsetter there. Like I said, you ever played golf with them? Ah, mine's the only good shot. You guys stink. We're on the same team. You, <laughs> <laughs> sir, are my hero. Looks like we lost Steve there. Hopefully we'll we can get can get him back here in a couple seconds here. But yeah, we quitty pay <laughs> I mean kid from Texas I, oh that would just really be doomsday written all over it there for me. But just quitty pay's not he's good, but he's not top ten good. I guess maybe if the Eagles were to trade down, I've there I've heard a lot of a lot of rumors there that that could be the case. 
they trade down and then take them. I I guess depending on what kind of value they get, but I, I would rather them stay up and get whoever's available at twelve, or if they're gonna move up, fine. They have the ammunition to do that. I don't know. I that still be a little fishy to me. We'll see. It's going to be a very exciting show today. We got Thomas Frank Carr coming up in a little bit from PFF. My goalie today, 435. So we are most definitely looking forward to all of that coming up. And Dick Girardi at the end of the week, along with Merrill and Jerry Dulac tomorrow. Bill Hillgrove Monday, so we have got this draft fully covered from start to finish, and we'll finally get to be able to talk about things that actually happened. Well, I guess we have two days away from that, but at least tomorrow is the start of it. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com, Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. On News Radio 1070, WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. You want the best in new inventory? They have it. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. What about pre-owned inventory? Maybe that's what the budget says right now. Well, they go through that 164-point inspection to earn the Sunbury Motors guarantee, which is important, means everything. They are the pros' pros, from sales to service. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online, sunburymotors.com. Mike Golick Sr. coming up final half hour today. We want to talk with Thomas Frank Carr in the NFL draft in this half hour, next half hour. Merrill Reese tomorrow, Jerry Dulac on Friday. We got a lot going on. In fact, no, Jerry's tomorrow with uh, Merrill as well. So looking forward to that. And Dick Girardi on the Kentucky Derby. Normally for laughs, we promote Dick on the Kentucky Derby on a different day. Uh, to throw the suit off, and then he makes all the, and all of a sudden he finds that letter. Dick said, "No, no, no, you should have done this." And like, it, it's 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 just really fun in the staff meeting watching him get confused. Like it's like throw everything on this horse called Secretariat. Uh, and then he goes through. I I can't find it. 
Okay, there's a reason you can't find it. All right, so. <laughs> you, sir, are my hero. So let's get to, back to the point I was making earlier about the time to make hay. If the Eagles do, and I made this point yesterday, think that Jalen Hurts, at least for the immediate future, the immediate future, is their quarterback. You have him on a second-round contract right now, which means you have him in the relative world of quarterbacks on the cheap. I mean, why do you think Baker Mayfield got extended out to a fifth year? Why do you think the Ravens are in the process of extending Lamar Jackson out to a fifth year? Because they want to keep the window open where they're not paying 20 to $35 million for their starting quarterbacks. They can now take the money and they can allocate it other places. The salary cap is going to go up after this particular year because the new TV contract will then send the salary cap from what is 182.5 right now. It's going to be well over $200 million next year. So you're going to, everybody's going to have a little more salary flexibility next year. In this particular year, you're going to need it. So that's why going with a quarterback that is on a rookie contract, and especially one that's not a first-round pick, which Jalen Hurts is not, you might have an opportunity financially to make some hay. And that's what you have to hope for as an Eagles fan, that they'll be able to take that money because they have a quarterback on a first-round, on a second-round contract. I think what they still have money on the cap from Wentz. Does that sound right? Plenty of it, yes. Yeah, but I think that comes off after this year. Correct. So that's what you that's what you are quote banking on at this point. All right. So let's get to the draft and let's get to the quarterbacks in the draft. We all know Trevor Lawrence is one. Thomas Frank Carr does a lot of draft analysis. He's doing some work right now for several different entities, including Pro Football Focus. And above all, I knew you'd come crawling back. Oh, absolutely. So let's get to something where it's going to be Frank's back with us. This is a phenomenal chance for me to leave my... You think I was going to pass that up? I don't know that I've left the apartment for something that wasn't the grocery store or the gym since I left here. So, yes, I was coming in. <laughs> we're glad we we're glad we're able to fill the void. <laughs> I've seen faces that aren't my cats or my wife. It's refreshing. Uh, so let's get to something where uh, it's going to be a bit of a stretch for you to talk about the draft. Yeah. Yeah, this year, I, I'm a little down this year. I probably only know 150 of the yeah. 400 prospects. <laughs> so let's get to the point, though, I've made about quarterbacks and why. Look, they're going to be valuable positionally to begin with. I mean, that's right. I mean, everything. It's the start and finish of it. But what about the points I'm making about the financial end of it? Yeah. Because of the 12% that you and I have talked about before, teams do well and win, but they don't win at all. They never have. Yeah. If if you have one player that's twelve percent or more, uh, and that's all usually the quarterback. So does that put a premium on on windows, three to four year windows for these teams drafting to take advantage of contracts? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think you saw what happens when you have and the Chiefs injuries played a major part in the Super Bowl, but we always look at the Super Bowl as like the litmus test of like what's the new trend in the NFL. And I do think that there's something to learn from the Buccaneers of how they were so holistically good, where they could line up four wide receivers or they could line up three tight ends and a running back, and they were equally effective. Part of that is because Tom Brady 
still refuses to take more than $30 million in, in any given year. And also because they did a great job of drafting and finding talent, especially on defense, where they had Devin White and their entire secondary were all on their rookie contracts and playing above expectations. So you have this idea of to play the best football and have the most complete team, you need to either have luck when it comes to finding a quarterback that will take less than that percentage that we talk about, or have the, the, the rookie deal quarterback and to hit on that guy. So that's the other half of it. You have to have a good team and you have to hit on the rookie quarterback. And that's that's a hard thing to kind of have all happen at the same time. But when we see that, that's when we see these epic Super Bowl runs like the Chiefs have been on. Or conversely, the run that the Buffalo Bills made to get to the championship game because it turned out they did hit on yeah. Josh Allen. Still and by, shocked. And by hitting on Josh Allen, it allowed them and this goes to what Russell Wilson, Yep, they acquired. Now, I know he only played a big role until he got the Super Bowl, but they acquired Percy Harvin. Buffalo did the same thing. They were able to acquire Stephon Diggs because they already their rookie quarterback was working for a rookie wage. Yeah, and they've been able to re-sign all of their guys from Tredavious White down to Matt Milano. So they've had the ability to re-sign those guys. And it's interesting, like the, the Bills' luck will never break fully in their favor because the pandemic and the salary cap has really restricted what they can do this offseason, right. which would be going into their prime window of Josh Allen in year uh, four and then year five if you count the you know the fifth-year option. Which they'll so, take. So, yes, which they'll definitely take. The question is, does that get rolled into a contract extension, and do they push that window out further? Because that's what the Chiefs have done, right. is roll all of that into an extension and, and extend and lengthen that rookie window as long as possible. So that's what you're looking at. And the other half of it is when it comes to the value of these guys, where you look at you didn't hit on Sam Darnold, but you got a second and a fifth for him. Right. Very few players who, who have played as poorly as Darnold merit a second-round pick. So there right. is a, there's, there's a secondary Craigslist market for quarterbacks if uh, they're supremely talented. So you're, it's not like... Maybe somebody else is making that pick for you. Like, maybe somebody else is trading Sam Darnold. But as an organization, it's not the worst thing in the world to take a risk on a quarterback where I think before the rookie wage scale, what you were doing with the Sam Bradfords of the world, I mean, that would sink your franchise for five years. No question. No question. It's obvious Lawrence is the first. Right? Yeah. So that, that's obvious. It looks like Wilson is the is the Jets. But give me an idea. Okay. Mitchell Trubisky showed that you can be the second overall pick in the draft in part because there's limited tape on you. Yeah. There's going to be limited tape on some of these guys. There's somewhat limited tape on Wilson. There's, there's definitely limited tape on Trey Lance. Oh, yeah. But there's a yeah. lot of tape on Justin Fields. Uh, so how do you view limited tape? When you have to sit down and break it down, you break down Lance, you break down Wilson, you break down Fields. What does limited tape mean to your breakdown? So I just I'll just go off the top because it'll be easier that I think Fields is the third best quarterback. I, I just think that I want more tape. I want to know what I'm getting into. Even if I know the strengths and weaknesses, I'd rather know that and know how to build around that because I think there are enough tools and enough accuracy. You know how I feel about accuracy. Yes. Accuracy and decision making are the two most important things, and then you get into the, the tools part of the position. And Justin Fields has the accuracy and the decision-making part. 
you know, the, the, the Ohio State offense, with as vertical as their passing game is, mm-hmm. makes that a bit of a tough read. It's always been a tough read with the Ohio State offense, even before Ryan Day. It's been tough to read those quarterbacks because it's been such a hyper-college specific system. But I think with a downfield passing attack, that part translates to the NFL, being able to hit those tight windows on the sideline. I love that about Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. I love uh, you know, his his ability to make decisions whether or not it's to run or to pass, all of those things. I think he he does things in the pocket that are good. Mac Jones came in and from where Tua had it, I think definitely elevated the position uh for Alabama. But then there's the question of is it Alabama or is it Mac Jones? It's rare that you get into that situation, but I do think he played well in that situation and threw the ball accurately with good decisions downfield. And here's my point about Mac Jones. Tom Brady, who who was obviously the quarterback of this era with seven Super Bowls, has never played in in back of a single offensive lineman that's going to the Hall of Fame. Right, He's played in, in back of very good players. You can win with very good offensive lines. His offensive line has been good enough for him to do progressions. Now, Blake Gabbert could operate behind the same Tampa Bay offensive line. He won't do as well because he's just, you know, Brady's just better. Right, right. But Mac Jones had operated behind an offensive line that allowed him to do what he needed to do. Yeah, and receivers that gain separation, which is the easiest right. thing to, because a lot of but college you can quarterbacks. do progressions. Yeah, if you have time to do progressions. Oh yes, yes. Uh, but the the other half of that too is a lot of quarterbacks want to see it open before they throw it. Sure. And especially on the college level, they don't necessarily yeah, have I, the, the. I say the, all the time, you have to see it and believe it. Exactly, and, and that is the biggest separator. Me of, and this is why I love back in the day. This is why I love Baker Mayfield is because he was thrown into windows before guys were there, and right. he the, the ball and the receiver got there at the same time. Those are like the next level skills that you're looking for in a top overall pick. And truthfully, when it comes to Mac Jones and uh, my own personal interests with some of the writing I've been doing on the side, I haven't dug into Mac Jones as much to see if he has those top end skills. I mean, I've seen what a lot of people have, but when it comes to that particular skill, he didn't have to be above and beyond because the receivers were open. You're throwing to the Heisman Trophy winner. You're throwing to uh, a top 15 pick in Jalen Waddell. Oh, and you have one of the only three good running backs in this draft, uh, <laughs> you know, in uh, Najee Harris. So, like, the, the skill positions, everything, they, they, were, they were a super team. And he operated a super team. So when it comes down to, like, those unknowables, he put really good tape on, and that's the difference between him and Mitchell Trubisky. Is Trubisky put bad tape, right? And 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 still got drafted second overall, but Mac Jones put good tape out, and you just there are question marks of I don't know versus question marks of I've seen things I don't like, and there are red flags. The last one, Trey Lance, to me is a hard pass for the same reason Josh Allen yeah. was. Is fundamentally his mechanics are bad. Yeah, and and I think he's actually a very smart quarterback. I think he's the most physically talented of of the group, but the exception to the rule does not make me want to take him. Just because we've seen one guy who's fundamentally flawed in his passing skills and his footwork and his mechanics fix it over three years. That's mm-hmm. the other thing too is it took him three years to get there. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't really want to bet the farm on Trey Lance if I am the 49ers to have to wait three years into your Super Bowl window, which started two years ago. Like how many you don't have that window forever with a team. So I, I that's the guy that to me 
I would take later on in the draft. All right. Well, T. Frank's going to continue to join us. He'll be with us in the next half hour uh, to talk more about the draft than Mike Golick Sr. final half hour. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Garen's got the bucket across me, rich shot, he shoots and scores! Oh, get in the fast lane, Grandma, the bingo game is ready to roll. Mike Lang is 73 years old. He has missed most of the season while awaiting his turn to get the COVID-19 vaccine. He is now fully vaccinated, but recently underwent an unrelated medical procedure that delayed his return further. So, he was able to finally get back in the booth last night. He's, Mike said, look, I'm not 100% yet, but I'm happy to get back in the radio booth to help the team. It marks his 46th season with the Penguins. Now, Josh Getzoff, of course, has been doing all of this. Well, it's been a great week for the Getzoff family. Because Josh and his wife, Maddie, gave uh, birth to the couple's first child, Gunnar Hayes Getzoff. Arrived Monday morning, checking in at 7 pounds, 6 ounces, and at 21 inches. Josh is expected back on the radio call tomorrow night when the Penguins take on the Capitals in Washington. So you didn't think I was prepared for this segment. Oh, I always knew you would. No. Ah. <sighs> I, mean, I don't want you to be sitting there acting like the chief, worried about what might come out next. All right, so. <laughs> What's he going to say? Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. <laughs> That's our guy. Getting it done. <laughs> Getting it done. All right. So more on the draft coming up. It is tomorrow. It is amazing what the draft does. People watch it. And all they're doing is running cards to the commissioner and announcing where a player goes. That really is all they're doing. And people watch it. Kind of neat, isn't it? You think about it. Such a simple concept. I mean, the NBA does the draft. Okay, yeah, they do it. Um, but there's something about 
the lure of the NFL that is remarkable. Now, Mike Golick Sr., he's announcing the Eagles' picks when? Day two. It's either going to be the second or third round pick, unknown yet, but it'll be a day two pick. Well, cool. I think that's great. We'll talk to him about that. I, I know the answer to this just on pure guess, but I wonder what made him more nervous. Wondering where he was going to get picked and when. Wondering whether his brother and when he was going to get picked or about his sons. And I'll bet it's, I'll bet his answer is going to be his sons. I would probably agree with that. But I'm still going to ask it anyway. Teddy Bridgewater goes to Denver. So maybe that means Denver's thinking one of these quarterbacks. But Bridgewater is, quote, a bridge between now and then the future. Either that or they could trade it to the Eagles, and the Eagles could draft a quarterback and watch you freak out. No, God! No, God! No, God! I don't even know if I'd show up for work. (laughs) Because all I'd be doing is say, and Matt, what do you think? And then segment would be over. Then we'd come back, Matt, any further comments about it? And that segment would be over. I mean, in fact, I probably would leave the room for periods of time because you'd still be talking. And to be honest, I'm, look, uh, in all honesty, am I big on Jalen Hurts now? I'm not. I, I really am not. Uh, now, he'll certainly get a chance to prove me wrong, but I just – he did fine when he was in there, but no offense. I just don't see it yet. I just don't see it. The whole thing was a mess last year. It was a mess. And, I mean, well, look at the job he did. Just because he was much better than you thought he was going to be doesn't mean he's doing a great job. I mean, anytime you set the bar of expectations for somebody or something really low... And they somehow exceed exceed it. Don't get too crazy about it. Okay, the ones where you set the bar high and they exceed the expectation. Now that's spectacular. What was the Eagles' record with Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback? One and three. Now that's only a small sample size. But you can make an argument. Well, I don't understand what Washington's doing with its quarterback situation. I think they have Ryan Fitzpatrick and they've got Taylor Heineke. I don't know what they're doing. And as for the Cowboys... They're going to need a new economic plan now that they're giving Dak Prescott all that money. It's amazing how a lot of people campaign like, they should be giving him all this money. Okay, now who else can you pay?